0: Your retirement date is finally here. You're free from the daily grind and it's easy street for you. Or is it? On today's show, we'll highlight some smart money moves to get you through the first five years of retirement. Welcome in
1: to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Welcome in, everybody. This is the retirement referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. This is the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. Steve is a best selling author. The book's called Cookie Cut This. Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformists. He is president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions. He is a fiduciary. He's got more than 20 years helping folks get to and through retirement. And, uh, you know, hi, Steve, how are you?
0: I'm doing well, Steve. How are you?
1: Very, very well, thanks. And this is, um, you know, you really have a, a really interesting background. And And I know we've talked about it before, but I think it's interesting that, you know, you have spent the bulk of your career, helping folks just through that transition. And as a result, other advisors turn to you to say, hey, how, how do you do that? And,
0: I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big honor. Yeah, no, and it's, it's always fun to teach. I mean, and this is a time that a lot of people, because of the way our, our, our industry is set up in terms of the way that the commercials are, um, they're targeting the, the people who are, are retiring, but they want you to, to roll over your money and have it just be invested there and they're not really giving you any advice and actually this is the time where advice is the most critical is right as you're about to enter retirement because if you make the wrong moves you don't necessarily have time to make back for a bad decision oh, so
1: of course and and as as you started here and as you said that you know um that retirement day it's finally here and and then um you've got uh, you've got a lot of stuff going on though and again the first five years so do you find that in in your experience that that the first five years is that a, is that a difficult transition for people or is it just smooth sailing as we imply
0: well it really depends on how you enter retirement right so you you we talk about this all the time in terms of you enter retirement one of three ways either you enter on your own terms you enter because someone else told you it was time to stop working, like you get laid off or you get a pink slip or God tells you it's time to stop working. You get uh, some health issues where you can no longer work. And if you are entering in and is not under your own terms, or even if you are entering under your own terms, if you haven't done the proper planning or you have just a kind of a false sense of hope and you, you haven't at least done the numbers to double check to make sure you're okay, um, it can be it can be a bad. A bad thing, especially in those first five years, because what happens is, and I've seen this happen, unfortunately, um, more than I'd like to admit, like where people have come to me five years into retirement and said, Hey, look, I, you know, I didn't listen to your advice when you gave it to me five years ago, and I went and did my own thing. And, and now I'm, I'm running low on money, and I don't want to have to go back to work. And the reason that is, is because you have to plan on living. And I think we we talk about this all the time on the show, but the people overestimate the damage that they've done to their own body and they think, oh, well, I'm only gonna have X amount of healthy years, so let me go out and do all these bucket list things. And they tend to do them at the front end of their retirement. And, you know, you get to year five and you're still healthy, you still want to do stuff, but now the money's not really there like it was before. And now you hit a downturn in the market like what we've experienced at the beginning part of this year, and you're there's a an O an old blank factor, I, I won't I won't say the word on the air, but it's okay, um, you know, that we, we, we all kind it. of realize, Oh, well, yeah, that you that maybe you, uh, you haven't done the proper planning. And so it's important uh, that you really have set aside money for those first five years of retirement. Number one, number two, it's important that you have realistic expectations about the things that you're going to do. And, and, uh, and you, you, you You know, you allocate your investments in such a way so that you leave money there for the future. Um, And so, I I, I've mentioned before, I work with a lot of government employees. And so, there's a in that space in particular, there's a a lot of um, kind of false I won't call it bravado about retirement, but a lot of false sense of confidence because. They have their pension right and they maybe you worked for the government for 35 years and you say oh, I got my pension I have a cost of living. I don't ever have to worry about inflation you know my my retirement account they call it the TSP I, that's sort of like my funny money and I can go out and spend that because I, I still have my pension to fall back on Wow but you
1: know you're right though and I I know people that who've retired I mean I got a lot of military oh, friends wow. and that's kind of what they're <laughs> that's kind of how they, they they set it up isn't it they're very excited. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no they they are and they think oh I I got these pensions I can go do whatever I want to do. And yes, the pension does afford you more flexibility than the average retiree, but you still need something there because of inflation. And you know, for military healthcare is, you know, a, a little bit less of an issue than a standard civilian service. Sure. Uh employee especially if they, you know, cuz they have usually Tricare for life, but um you're, you're still going to experience inflation. And I think what inflation has woken up a lot of retirees to is the fact that, hey, look, I need to set aside money for, the, for my future. For I could live into 90 and I'm really burning through a lot more money than I expected. And maybe you carved out money and you did all the proper planning and you put money into buckets and you have money set aside for safety. But maybe you're burning through that safe money at a much faster clip than you anticipated. And right now is not a great time to be taking money from your growth assets with the markets down. So, it's, it's really critical that you not only have a plan, but you're engaged with an advisor who's reviewing your plan on a regular basis.
1: That that becomes very important, I know. And uh, folks, it's 800 705 That's the number you can call to get things started. And so we're talking about the, those first five years into retirement. It's I mean, you know, that's the fun time. But again, as you said, you've got to have money set aside for things like, well, what if the roof needs replacing? What if my HVAC needs replacing? We've got to have... We've got to be planning for those things too, don't we?
0: Right, and you might want to delay kind of the the grand gestures. And so, what do I okay. mean? Okay. So, and so, like, um, you know, it's okay to plan and do the kind of bucket list trips that you want to do, right? And maybe you want to, you maybe want to do one of those, but you don't. Maybe need to do four of them up front in the first year of retirement. And what I see a lot of times is people say, "All right, well, I want to be debt free, and I have." $60,000 left on my mortgage and let me just pull it out of my 401k and pay it off. Well, that's usually not smart either, because now you're catapulting yourself into a higher tax bracket. You maybe just increased how much you're going to have to pay in a couple of years for Medicare Part B. So um, that those type of things don't, don't make sense. I've also seen where someone said, you know what, I have seven figures in my retirement account. I'm retiring. I feel like I have more than I need. Let me go and buy my kids each a house, you know, this is not an extravagant house, but a, a house nonetheless, right? right? So he took a, they took out $400,000 and bought each kid a $200,000 house. Well, now it's like they made $400,000 in income that year. They get a knock on the door and they, they owe, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of $150,000 of taxes before you make any of those grand gestures, at least do it in the context of a plan and discuss it with someone before you just go and on a whim and do it. And- Absolutely. So I I know we're
1: coming up against the clock
0: here, Steve, but let's talk
1: life insurance for a second. Uh, Do we even need that when we get into retirement? So
0: that's a great question. And this is one where I look at things a little bit differently. So a lot of times there are different types of financial advisors out here. And if you're a life insurance agent, then maybe cover your ears. But life insurance is not the end-all, be-all of all financial products like some life insurance agents would have you believe. Uh, Life insurance is good. Uh, you 're buying discounted dollars. There has to be a reason that you need the life insurance though so if you 're replacing a pension income stream, then buying some life insurance could make sense so that 's one of those things that we 'll analyze in our in our our review and when we put together a plan for you and every week, we give our listeners an opportunity to call in and schedule an appointment with us it 's free there's no there's no charge there's no obligation. We will sit down and put together a comprehensive review for you, and we'll give you that roadmap so you you know to where where you're going.
1: 800-705-9995.
0: Again, 800-705-9995. It's beginning to feel like the worst of the pandemic is behind us. In moving forward, some of the old retirement rules need a bit of revision. When we come back, new rules for your post-pandemic retirement plan.
1: We're back on the retirement referee with Steve Caruso. We uh, blow the whistle on financial fouls. Uh, Steve, of course, best selling author, cookie cut this. Uh, president, and founder, Laurel Wealth Solutions. Let me remind you of the website that's laurelws.com laurelws.com. I encourage you to uh, visit that website. Uh, Steve has been helping folks for more than 20 years and uh, so much more. Uh, You've got really, uh, I mean, everything from estate planning to uh, legacy planning, Social Security. um, you've, You've got it all covered right there.
0: Yeah, no, we uh, pretty much all things retirement distribution and obviously the end of your retirement distribution, we're all going to go the same way. We're all going to pass away. So it leads into naturally estate planning. And so to and through retirement is, um, really what we do. So we, you know, when you're on the, the doorstep of retirement, uh, that's when most of our clients will engage us and they stay with us, um, throughout the remainder of their life. So, um, now, one of the things that has changed people's kind of attitudes about how they spend and life expectancy in retirement is, is COVID and the coronavirus. So um, that we're going to delve into a little bit of that now.
1: Right, and and uh, you know, as you described it, your post pandemic retirement plan are, are things. Have you had to really change things around? In other words, um, I know for most of us, we we concentrate on saving all the way through, you know, our our careers is what we think about. Has that changed? Do you think, or should it change?
0: It has. It, it's it's funny. It's changed. Uh, so different age ranges. It's changed people's attitudes differently. Right. So. Um, you know the the person who is towards the tail end of their retirement, but maybe they're still healthy to go do stuff. Um, they're actually what I'm seeing is that like a lot of the people who are maybe late 70s, early 80s that were already kind of starting to unwind a little bit. If they had some kind of last trip or something on the back burner that they wanted to do, there I'm I'm actually seeing those people saying, "Hey, look, I want to do this now." because i'm not sitting out another two years and not seeing friends and seeing friends pass away and um you know so uh maybe it's going out to visit an old friend or um you know taking that that trip that you wanted to take and I, I, you're starting to see that again and you're seeing people travel again and uh, and surprisingly like i would think that older folks especially those in their late 70s early 80s, would not want to be traveling again um it was truthfully it was probably like never a smart idea for someone in their early 80s to go on a cruise ship because those cruise ships are like petri dishes but um you know the you're you're seeing people tick up and I'm seeing people doing those cruises and things like that in the la- almost sort of like a last hurrah like I'm going to you know what I'm not I'm not going to run the risk of not being able to travel or there being another covid shutdown I'm going to go do this now so that that I thought was a little bit strange and I've been seeing that more frequently, and then on the younger end of the spectrum, you're seeing people who are in their late 50s, who were planning on working probably till their mid 60s, saying, "Hey, do I have enough? And can I just walk out now because I really don't want to go back to the office? I enjoyed. I didn't mind working from home, but if I have to go back and commute, uh, I really don't want to do that." And so it's it's definitely changed a lot of uh, a lot of attitudes.
1: Of course, it has. And so when when we talk about this. Um... What about your house? Is that the investment that we thought it was, or has that
0: attitude changed as well? There's a couple things to do with the house. Number one, people always historically prioritize once their kids were grown and out of done with college is, hey, I'm going to make retirement savings my number one priority. And I would challenge you to say, hey, look, why don't you look at your overall situation? It's great to save and plug money into retirement. And certainly if you're not contributing enough to get your full match, um, you should definitely be doing that. But if during the pandemic, maybe you were one of those people who with all those extra hours in the day of being at home, maybe you did a little bit more shopping and you racked up some credit card debt, you want to pay off the high interest rate credit card debt before you retire. Maybe paying down the mortgage is not as critical, especially now, because you might have uh, for most of us, we probably if we own our homes, we we probably have a little bit more equity in our home. So if you didn't tap into that newfound equity. that means you have a little bit more money and so the debt is not as bad as a percentage of your overall value of your home. So I would be less inclined to go doing things like paying down mortgages especially if you were able to refinance when the rates were at 2 and 3%. So that's uh that's one thing that I would I would say look at high interest rate debt but after that, then make your retirement savings a priority.
1: All right, I like that. And and um, so we talk about uh, we're just talking about the home and about uh, the debt. Um, so, what about the folks that say, "Well, hey, I only need about seventy or eighty percent of my income uh, that I had when I was working when I get to retirement, just because everything costs less." And, um, but I mean, that's not necessarily true, is it? I mean, for me personally, yeah, I, I, wa- I want I want a hundred percent of my income.
0: Yeah. No, I always laugh at that when people tell me that because it they've read these books or they've read online and they say they use these rules of thumb, like 70% or 80% of your pre-retirement. How do you know that you you don't know your, your, your costs aren't going to necessarily go down. It depends a hundred percent on what your lifestyle is. I'll give you a perfect example. Two different clients that ballpark that I met this past week, ballpark the same financial figures, they're same age, roughly the same amount saved and one person's kind of vision of their retirement is going to cost them about $240,000 a year. And okay. the the other person's vision is going to cost them about $50,000 a year. Now, obviously the person whose vision only costs $50,000 a year doesn't need as much to, to retire. Whereas the person whose vision costs $240,000 a year. Well, Yeah, they they're gonna need they're gonna need a lot more to retire because they want you know they're gonna maintain a couple of boats they're gonna they want to have three different properties they're actually looking to buy a bigger house in retirement and so you know everyone's everyone's vision is is different so even though you have and you and we tend to look at things relative to the property value because homes are the most are usually our one of our biggest investments right so someone says all right, well, I have $3 million saved. I can buy everything that I I want to buy. Okay. That's great. But then each one of those things that you're buying, for example, if it's real estate is going to have to be maintained, you're going to have to pay real estate taxes. Uh, and that's going to go up at, the, at, at a pace faster than inflation. And you're going to have healthcare costs. That's going to go up faster than inflation. So you really have to make decisions in the context of a plan and you really have to base it on what you're spending. In fact, more than a third of people who retire spend over 25% more. So not 70%, they spend 125% of yeah. their free retirement income. Sure. And so underestimating retirement spending is one of the big mistakes that a lot of people make. And that's why it's important to sit down with someone like myself, who's going to help you hash out that well-defined goal and have you really think about what you want your retirement to look like because once you know what your your retirement's going to look like you can assign a cost to it and if it's $240,000 you might say whoa that's that's a lot of money but then maybe you have enough money saved right but you won't you'll never know if you don't really know where you're starting from and so that's the most important thing that's the peace of mind that you get from putting together a plan and that's what we try and offer our listeners every single week. We give you the opportunity to sit down with us. If you've been on the fence about this or you've been nervous about the market and you're wondering if, you, if it's impacted your ability to retire or you, know, you haven't even, ever even given thought as to what your retirement life is going to look like. And now you, you know, you're, you're at a point where you're not sure you really want to keep working. This is the time to sit down. This is the time to you know, give us a call and, and put together that plan.
1: Give us a call. Exactly right, folks. It's 800-705-9995. It's a great opportunity for you to come on in, sit down, get a financial roadmap put together. 800-705-9995.
0: 800-705-9995. There are a number of reasons not all spouses retire at the same time. One thing is certain. It still requires planning and coordination. When we come back, when one spouse retires, what happens next?
1: We are back on The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. This is the show we do blow the whistle on financial fouls. Uh, Steve has a good eye for that such things. He is also an author, a best-selling author at that. Cookie cut this, retirement distribution strategies for the nonconformist. Uh, 20 years in the business, a fiduciary, independent. Uh, let's see, you got a BA from Tulane and a and a juris doctor from uh, Concord Law uh, as a non-practicing member of the California Bar. Again, that brings a unique unique set of skills to you as an advisor that not a lot of advisors have.
0: Yeah, no, it it definitely does. It's, uh, you know, I'm looking when you, when you make better decisions, when you know what the end result is going to be, and so, one of the things that we always show in our plan is, all right, here's how much money if you if you go through your retirement and you live to such and such an age, here's how much money is going to be left over to the next generation. And if you know that, and maybe you don't want to leave money to the next generation, sometimes I'll show people that number, and they'll say, all right, well, I need to spend more. <laughs> I'm not giving them all that. <laughs> and so, um, maybe you don't like your kids, or maybe you want to give to your grandkids instead. You know, everyone has different attitudes on that. But of course, um, you know, so that's. But that's where looking at it from kind of an estate standpoint and kind of knowing having the knowledge to talk knowledgeably about that you can make better decisions so like i for example i was talking to a client um earlier about two days ago and so she is retiring and she doesn't really have any beneficiaries and i i was saying to her look she she has pets and she wants to benefit the aspca at some point i said well you know, if you set stuff up now, you can produce an income for the rest of your life and you get a tax deduction because the principal is going to the ASPCA on your passing. And so there are, there are things that you can do today if you know what the end result is going to be of your money and they, they can lead to actually additional savings.
1: Well, sure. So, I mean, that's what you do is basically is is you start with that end game and you're just reverse engineer back to today. Exactly. And again, I mean, that that process is, is again, one that makes so much sense. So we're talking about couples here, Steve, and uh, you see them all the time. Now, what happens when one decides, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm a little bit older and so I'm going to retire first. Um, is that always smooth? Is that always an easy transition?
0: <laughs> Not always. Uh, <laughs> Not always. Especially as— Yeah, no, especially, uh, you know, if it's, uh, if the other spouse is not used to you being around the house all the time. Um, And so we're seeing that a lot with, um, with couples. And so actually, unfortunately, there's been a tick up in divorce in retired couples um, during the pandemic, because what's happened is, is that, you know, maybe one spouse is working from home and the other spouse is retired. And then, they're having to watch that other spouse's lifestyle all day long and they're getting frustrated while they're at work and they're, they're seeing the other person sit around on the couch and watch TV or not get things done. Um, so we, we've we definitely seen that uh, tick up a little bit during the pandemic. But one of the things that you really need to do is sit down and have a plan. And the first thing about that we always talk about with the plan is how much are you going to spend? And so you want to make a new budget, meaning you're, you've been budgeting right now based on one income. Now you have, uh, you've been budgeting on two incomes. Now you have one income. So you want to make sure that you're able to live on the one income and not have to drain the other person's retirement assets so quickly. Um, and so, cause we see that a lot too, where, you know, well, my one spouse is still going to work for another five years. So I, you know, we have enough. Coming in, and that I can I can dip into my my 401k because they're still plugging into their 401k, and then we'll just use theirs later on, and that's that's good if if you're if you've done the the numbers and you've crunched the numbers and you've done the plan. But if you're just kind of winging it, which unfortunately a lot of people still do, um, and you've never done a formal budget and you don't have it written out in the form of a plan, it it can be it can be catastrophic. The other thing that people do is they say, well. I am retired, and you know I can move my stocks. I can move my money out of stocks, and I can just be conservative. Well, now you move your money into bonds, right? Um, interest rates go up, your bond your bond values are going down, and all of a sudden you have nothing really growing for you. Now, I know it's scary when the market's going down like this, and the you know especially if you've just retired, the, the your gut is telling you, hey, I should move my money into something safe. Uh, But oftentimes, that's completely the wrong decision, especially when you've just switched from two incomes to one income. So um, again, you never want to make rash decisions. You always want to make decisions in the context of a plan. And so it's really important to have that game plan. Right. And, and
1: uh, so we're talking about uh, couples and, and um, as they sort of begin their relationship again, really, because that's what happens a lot of times, right? They've worked separately for all these years and now, you know, one person's home, uh, you know, they, it, I mean, psychologically, there's a lot of impact there, isn't there?
0: Well, yeah, absolutely there is. I mean, so, I mean, I'll just use my own life as an example, right? So for me, most nights, by the time I get home, Uh, I come in the door, I haven't even crossed the threshold of the door. And usually I have, I I, I'm either usually being, being handed the leash to go walk the dog, or, you know, I have a laundry list of stuff. That's going to take me the next hour of stuff to do for my wife. And then, you know, we might have two hours in the evening and then the weekends that we're really spending time together. Now, when you're retired, you're spending all day, every day with that person. And so, uh, there are things that might start to annoy you and there are things that Uh, There are responsibilities that maybe you weren't doing while you were working, like cooking and cleaning, that you're going to have to start to take on that role. And, um, you know, if you guys aren't, you know, if you go into it with the wrong attitude or you get bitter or angry that you have to do all this stuff. Um, it's going to lead to stress in your relationship.
1: And and one of the other things we have to do before we run out of time here, Steve, is we got to talk about Social Security, especially as a couple, um, and when to claim. That becomes one of the biggest decisions that people make going into retirement. And 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 I'll tell you what, uh, just a brief story on people's lack of knowledge or financial, uh, you know, uh, knowledge. I guess is is so a, a neighbor across the street that was the father of the one of the couples that lives there. Right, comes over. We're talking. A little bit, and he's saying, Hey, I'm gonna retire. I said, Well, good for you. Congratulations. He said, Yeah, I'm gonna to go to Social Security tomorrow and, and see how much I get. And my, my my thought is, how how come you don't know?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, and here's the thing, too, right? So it there's a survivor benefit to social security. Yeah, and so I, I see this all the time with couples. So, like I had a couple, this was actually uh beginning of the week husband has over $4,000 a month of Social Security if he waits till 70. The wife's benefit is about $1,000 based on her earnings record. So in that situation, it's okay for the wife to start her benefit at full retirement, but the husband should definitely wait until 70 and get the larger benefit. The the reason being is that if he passes away, he's now at least insured that $4,000 a month to his spouse. Mm-hmm. um because the spouse the surviving spouse can switch to the bigger of the two social securities so you can't just make decisions on social security based on you when you're in a relationship you have to look at the impact on your spouse as well of course and so and that's something that we that's something that we do on a uh you know on a daily basis and it's something we do in all of our plans and uh, we would love to sit down with you and give us a call and we will do that absolutely free
1: That's the number that gets you started. It's a chance for you to get a true practical financial review. If you've never done it before, no time like the present, make that phone call while you're thinking about it. 800-705-9995. 15 callers right now, get that comprehensive financial review and you'll see where you are today, of course, but more importantly, you'll find that you now have Uh, well, um, a roadmap, if you will, that will help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement.
0: 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. Listeners have been busy asking plenty of questions. When we come back, I'll answer as many as time allows.
1: We're back on The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. And uh, we blow the whistle on financial fouls right here uh, on The Retirement Referee. Uh, Steve, of course, best-selling author, cookie-cut this, uh, a fiduciary independent, laurelws.com. That's the website, laurelws.com. I encourage you to visit that. It gives you a chance to see a little bit about, uh, well, what you do, Steve, and, and how you got to where you did you know how you got to where you are today uh but also there's some great information there just on retirement planning.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. There's a whole segment uh whole section on videos where you can watch kind of my my attitudes on different things on different topics. Um you also have access to my blog so you can see what uh what I've been thinking as the market's been moving. I, I write I write a post almost every week. Uh so there's a lot of information there and then you have the link to uh to my book as well as uh, the podcast for the retirement referee on, and you can go and listen to former, you know, past episodes of the show. And we've covered, I mean, I, I feel like we've covered every, every topic under the sun so far on the it's, show, but it
1: seems like it sometimes, doesn't it? But I mean, it's a, it's a veritable encyclopedia of, of great information
0: about planning for retirement. It is. And that's what we try. We try and keep the content fresh and we try and keep it up to date every week. So, um, you know, you can, you can see my TV appearances, my, and then I have it, it informational videos i have i have all sorts of uh, of different stuff on the website for you to to check out
1: laurelws.com l a u r e l w s.com all right let's uh, jump into a couple of these questions here while we still have time lisa is up first uh, she says we have a corporation and my husband and i are president and secretary My daughter works for us, too. She says, I'm 62. I want to maximize my retirement. Should I file at 70 or 72? Also, should I up my income, or can I just up the amount I pay in taxes? A lot going on there.
0: Yeah, there's a lot to unpack in that question, Lisa. So I'm assuming you're talking about when you say you want to maximize your retirement at at 70. Do you mean you're going to retire at 70, or are you talking about Social Security? Because if it's Social Security it wouldn't be 72, it would be 70 would be the max that you could delay social security, number one. Number two, um, upping your income would increase the taxes you pay and um, and it could increase your social security because it would increase your earnings record if, if that's indeed what you're asking. Um, what you may wanna look at is a solo defined benefit plan. If it's just basically you yourself, your husband, and then uh, your daughter is getting a small salary, um if that's the whole business uh there are specific retirement plans that would allow you to to really max maximize what you could put away for retirement so i don't know if that's what you're asking because the question is a little bit a little bit ambiguous i don't know if you're talking about do you want to maximize your earnings record for social security or if you're if you're looking to maximize how much money you can put away if you're looking to maximize how much money you can put away that's something that we can do in the context of a plan and we can show you the different types of plans obviously there's defined contribution plans and defined benefit plans Uh, typically in the situation that you're describing a defined benefit plan would allow you to put away a little bit more money than what you'd be able to do with the defined contribution
1: plan. All right, that makes sense. And uh, folks, if you'd like to uh, learn a little bit more, 800-705-9995, Lisa, let's go to Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy says, I'm 51, my wife is 52. Now we don't have a retirement plan. And now that our son is uh, through college, we're thinking about our financial future. So may not have a retirement plan, but we do have three life insurance policies with a cash value of approximately $160,000 now should we remove some or all of that cash and invest in a roth ira how should we begin saving for retirement boy there's a lot going on there too
0: yeah these questions are great and this is uh, i I picked this one because I it, it highlights something that um I run into quite a bit where especially in your age range Jeremy where where someone has and maybe you met a friend uh you know in college that became a life insurance agent and and you were 20. 22 years old 23 years old and you bought a life insurance policy and you you've been plugging money in and now you've built up $160,000 worth of cash value and maybe with your kids through school maybe you don't have as big of a life insurance need Um, so unfortunately you can't just take that cash value and plug it directly into a Roth IRA Um, but you might want to take a look at some alternatives within the life insurance space because you may be able to. Use that cash value and move it into a policy that either has additional benefits or maybe a smaller death benefit, but will build cash value even faster and so um again anything anything involving insurance and exchanges, you need to do comparisons and you need to you need to really make sure that it's in your interest and it's got to be aligned with what your goals are so that's something that we would look at in the context of a plan and say, "Hey, look, Jeremy, this is great that you have this." Um, If the goal is tax free accumulation, perhaps moving it into a policy here with a smaller death benefit will give you more of your cash value to grow and um, and possibly have more in retirement. So uh, I'm not I'm not opposed to using the life insurance as a retirement vehicle, uh, especially where you already have built up so much cash value. Um, Unfortunately, though, you wouldn't be able to just take that money and and move it into a Roth um in a lump sum the way you're describing.
1: Okay, and and um so when he's talking well I mean at, at 51 and 52 that's pretty much the ideal time to start laying out that plan, isn't it?
0: It is. And so what he what you should be doing is now with the catch-up contributions, you you should be you, you should be taking advantage um if you have a Roth 401k available to you in through your job, you would be able to plug away 27,000 a year into the Roth and that if you were doing that for both yourself and your wife would would get you to $54,000 a year tax free that you're you're plugging away. So um so that would be a way to get money into the Roth but taking it from the the cash value of the life insurance directly is a no go. But um you're not too late. You're just you know you just are going to have to take advantage of the opportunities that are there like catch up contributions and assuming you make under a certain amount of income, you could also do an additional Roth IRA contribution for up to $7,000. Okay. So well, that, um, a lot of ways to plug money into Roth. Unfortunately, the life insurance is just not one of
1: them. Not Okay, all right. So, but I mean, life insurance, that so a lot of people, like you just described, I mean, a lot of us, when we were in our 20s, or early 30s, we bought a life insurance policy from somebody because it seemed like a good idea at the time. But we need to take a look at those today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, unfortunately, um, there's good life insurance and there's bad life insurance, right? So the, okay. there's no such thing as a bad product. There's sometimes a bad fits or a bad explanation. And so sometimes someone will have bought a policy and the person who sold it to them assumed interest rates that haven't existed in 30 years. And so the, the projection that you were given originally didn't hold. And so you have to run a new illustration called an in force illustration that shows where you're actually at today and how that policy is going to perform going forward at the at the current interest rate environment all right and that's something that the that your life insurance agent should be doing with you but a lot of life insurance agents do not do that so um and that's something we would do um in our planning process where we would look at it's great that you have the life insurance and the cash value we'd want to make sure we'd want to run a reprojection and and see how it's going to hold up um and then run run it run a projection if you did start to access that cash value in in retirement what would happen to the policy and these are all things that you can get certainty on that um we can help you in the planning process
1: well, folks, give him a call. Uh, give Steve a call. This is the last opportunity today that we're going to open up the lines and invite you to call. Take advantage of it. It's 800 705 9995. A comprehensive financial review with no cost and no obligation. Just a chance to be able to work it all out and make your own financial roadmap to get you on the right road to retirement. 800 705 9995. Again, 800 705 9995. Steve, as always, a pleasure to talk with you and, and just great information. I love your insight and your perspective.
0: I love doing the show. Always great to be with you, Steve. I will be back here again next Sunday evening. Thanks for listening, Orlando.
1: Information on this program is educational in nature, and is not intended to be a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, or other purposes. Information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of subjects discussed. Prior to making any investment or financial decisions, an investor should always seek advice from a financial, insurance, legal, or tax professional that takes into account all of the particular facts and circumstances of an investor's own situation. Laurel Wealth Solutions and or Stephen Crusoe offer investment advisory and financial planning services through Bellpoint Asset. Management LLC, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Registration with SEC should not be construed to imply that the SEC has approved or endorsed qualifications or the services Bellpoint Asset Management offers, or that its personnel possesses a particular level of skill, expertise, or training. Coach P Radio.